podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Why did the Dalai Lama visit Las Vegas? Tibet. (laughs) (laughs) Simple yet effective. I like it. Yeah. Obviously topical because this week we're talking about the Dalai Lama, right? The Dalai Lama. (laughs) Yes. The F1 F1 GP of the Dalai Lama that was announced yesterday. You've been reading Weed and Wikipedia again, haven't you, Nate? I have, yeah. Yeah, it's about time. I mean, they haven't hosted... (laughs) Dalai Lama's not hosted a Grand Prix since 1981. And it was in his car park. (laughs) uh, Which was a palace, apparently. (laughs) Roman palace. Uh, Oh, Nate. Anyway, enough of this this small talk, Lawrence. This is great, uh, Nate. This is great. It was was good. It's a nine. If I was doing decimal places, it would have been 9.5. So it was. Yeah, we great. need to bring that. We need to bring that convention we, we need ASAP. To bring that system in because I loved it. I genuinely yeah, I, loved I, it. I did. I saw it earlier, and I was like, "That's the one. That's the one, lads." Encompasses all of my favorite things. You came up with it. You, you, no, no, you I, I just, it. I just googled it. Yeah. Well, no, I, I dreamt of it. <laughs> I dreamt of myself. I dreamt of myself. Yeah, the the joke. yeah I was like, "Wait a minute! <laughs> if I was to Google this, Tibet, Dalai Lama." Vegas? <laughs> it's like, I don't know if anyone's seen South Park, but when they're making fun of how Family Guy jokes are written, then these manatees just pick up a ball and drop it in a hole. So it will just that's how they say that Family Guy makes their jokes. That's how, that's what I did. You're looking at me like you've never you've never heard of South Park, apparently. So Lawrence is like, <laughs> South Park? <laughs> I've never heard, never heard of that. I don't think you I've just ever wait, watched Lawrence. South Park. Yeah. Really? Lawrence, with three, races yeah. in, with three races in America, Lawrence, you better start, because they're not going to let you in. I didn't realize no, that was. I've a been to Vegas. So before we get in, before we get in, you got to quote three lines from South Park. Meadows barely did it. I had to help him. I went for the uh, the classics. Yeah, he did all the classics. Anyway, nine out of ten. Welcome back, Nate. Welcome to the Padhog, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, F1 correspondent and presenter. I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. And people like us this week, chaps. I'm going straight Good. into it because I'm excited about these. We have two new reviews, right? Two. Hey, Meadows, review me. <laughs> so that's your, that's your cue to go. Review me. Review me, uh, baby. Okay. Review me, baby, one more time. The first one is from Milton John here in the United States of America, who last week, actually, but it only appeared just now, uh, sent us a five-star review. Yes. Titled Thanks, Milton. Inside Stories from the Guys to Go Behind the Scenes, uh, which I think is us. And it says, I absolutely love this podcast. I'm a huge fan of these three guys. Their work in Formula One reporting is outstanding, but that's oh, not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about... <laughs> what goes on behind the scenes and those stolen moments in between writing articles and presenting on TV. You can tell these three guys know each other well, and I really enjoy the hard time they give each other. They don't always stay on the topic of Formula One, but that's exactly (laughs) the point. I love to hear about the chance encounters with Formula One drivers, their life life experiences traveling, and working on behalf of those of us who enjoy the sport. Of course, they also talk about Formula One on the show, but I love the additional context that you're never going to see written in any of their articles. Keep it up, gents. (laughs) 
mean, that's a great that that's genuinely very good. Thank you very much for saying that. Yeah, so really Milton John right up there. Milton, Milton John. John. Thank yeah. you, Milton John. Uh and then the second one is got a great review title. Uh this is from Buzz in Australia. We're coming for you, Buzz next week. Um five stars titled A Grower Not a Shower. Right? Uh, and we've all been Buzz, there, we've all been called that, haven't we? Uh says, not gonna lie, it took me a few listens to get into this one, but now I'm hooked. It really is just three mates having banter and talking about F1. Nate sounds like a private schoolboy who wears a blazer and pressed chinos. an IT nerd who probably wears his work building access pass around his neck on a lanyard. And Barreto sounds like he still lives with his parents and giggles at anything. But all of it just works. If you're looking for a fun, non-toxic F1 pod, give this a try. Brackets a few times. Nice job, fellas. More episodes weekly, please. Thank you, Buzz. I feel like someone just looked into our souls. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have been told I sound posh, but that, I'm worried about that. (laughs) That's how bad it sounds. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I own chinos. I I mean, I don't. Yeah, I'll be, mummy and daddy dearest do. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're pressing them as we speak. I mean, they're not, you know, the the helper, but... um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah no uh, other than that i don't think it's accurate at all um, <laughs> get your lawyer to no those are great sure it's, uh, not not slanderous yeah those were those were great those were it's always nice when people send us genuinely nice things so thank you very much yeah they were probably my two favorite reviews of today until this review <gasps> Only got one minute to spare. Wanna know who finished when and where? Sit back, relax, cause we got you. Here's Nate with the 60 second review. Hello, welcome to the review of the Saudi GP 2022, where nothing happened of note whatsoever at all, except from F1 making somewhere a better place. Am I right? <clears throat> me, 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 me. Here we go. First place was Mr. Max Verstappen, who outthought Charles Leclerc. Roleplay, reversal, not that kind of roleplay, you dirty, dirty listener. Sweet, Carlos Sainz in third place. Sergio Perez, super unlucky, man. First pole position, and that happens. George Russell, fifth position. I think that's probably the loneliest race anyone's ever had, ever. Esteban Ocon, annoying half of Spain, or all of Spain, but he finished sixth. Lando Norris up in seventh, that was pretty good. Pierre Gasly, love Gasly. Kevin Magnussen, son of, man, son of a preacher, man. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. Doesn't know how many points there are for 10th, but there's one, Lewis. One big fat point. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I'm getting a bit emotional at Lewis getting one point, obviously. Guan Yu Joe, 11th. Nico Hockenberg, 12th. Lance Stroll and Alex Albon. Yeah, that was a bit clumsy, wasn't it? Then lap 36 happened, everyone. Bottas, Alonso, Ricardo, all out. Alonso's L plan's going badly. Latifi, without Mazepin, he looks like pretty bad, doesn't he? Uh, and Yuki Tsunoda didn't make it, didn't make it to the race. Sorry, Yuki. Poor Yuki. Oh, yeah. Yuki. So, apologies. That was done. I've been doing, having some work done on my house. And so I just did that fairly late. So it was a bit rushed. So, you know, it was a bit a bit down on the usual standards. 
but, you've got uh, a lot of help still... in your house today then nate haven't you probably still you've got the usual about... help and then help come yeah. in to decorate them. yeah yeah i mean you know I had, I had a new pair of socks i had to have cleaned and uh <laughs> <laughs> i'd worn them once and then what i have is i wear a pair of socks and i just i just bin them i burn them and i <laughs> i force the help to watch as i eat next to the next to the the raging inferno that is my socks uh and none of them have any clothes so <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know and they complain about it some of them you know t- staff turnover is terrible they're like oh, i'm gonna go get a better job i'm like good luck good luck good luck doing that out there in the mean world energy crisis good luck with that anyway <laughs> what we did are we are we recording <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand the guy that said that we sometimes go off topic i just don't see yeah. where that came from <laughs> this, is just, this is this is just how i speak to these guys usually to be fair just absolute nonsense yeah. Um, anyway, um, back to well, back to Formula One. Well, Med as you um, were on the ground, I was not on the ground. Nate was on the ground. Tell us, what was Jeddah like? Wow, it was. Um, Got to be careful of the words I use, haven't I? Not because anyone's going to get me in trouble. Don't worry about that. Um, it was just a bit strange. I have never been watching FP1 and then think, oh, somebody just fired a missile into something over there. So, so that was weird. Um, but to be honest. Never felt unsafe. Like it was the sort of attack that's happened a lot, which is true. It doesn't mean we should be there. That was the problem. And it, it just brought home that um, it's ridiculous we were racing in a place that's in active conflict. But um, anyone who started panicking about you know, feeling unsafe or saying they're feeling unsafe themselves or uh, claiming, as a number of people who wrote who weren't actually there, that the smoke was billowing over the circuit or the smell of the oil was like in the air, it wasn't. The smoke was going away from the track because the wind was pretty strong in the other direction. Also meant you couldn't smell it because the wind was strong in the other direction. Like you could just see it. That was it. Um, it was just a bit bizarre the next day when you could see this big smoke cloud. But yeah, it was a long night Friday. That was interesting. Um, never we seen used the drive so strong. We used to outside yeah. waiting. Well, so I was for most of the day. Then I was pretty sure it was going to be wrapped up pretty quickly and we'd be cracking on with the race weekend. And got the last shuttle bus to the media hotel. And got there to find they were still having this deliberation and thought something's going on here. So got an Uber back to the track, got to the track again at about quarter to two in the morning uh, and was there till just gone three. So it went on so long I could leave and come back. But it was uh, wow. that was that was that was quite interesting to cover, actually. That was quite fun. Like you, you got a bit of a buzz from that because you're like you're watching something happen here where the drivers are properly making a stand. So that was interesting. Uh, also interesting that none of them and asking them as well, like asking a few people like close to them in their teams. None of them were threatened about leaving or anything like that. There was some rubbish that came out that was essentially, I believe, because the logistics of sorting flights once the freight was ready, because the freight needed to get to Australia from Saudi. So it kind of made no sense to change any of the travel plans because it's so far for it to go and it's all been locked in a lot earlier. So people were going to have to stay behind to do pack up and then wait with the freight to send it. So for most of the teams, they couldn't leave any earlier if they didn't race. So the drivers could go home and be feeling more safe if they were worried. But the the teams that they drive for couldn't so essentially they all accepted well that doesn't really solve anything so we'll carry on with the race we're already here uh but someone took that and said they were warned about not being able to leave and it was yeah the teams can't leave based on their travel schedules not that the government are threatening them or anything and then you say that and people start going oh yeah but you were told to say that no we weren't it's just like conspiracies from the outside are ridiculous so that was frustrating but once that was out the way thought right time for a relaxing time at home so flew back to Heathrow mm-hmm. Monday afternoon. Um, my much better half, Jess, picked me up, drove me down to my parents' place in Somerset to drop the dog off, <clears throat> drove us back to Heathrow Tuesday morning and jumped on a plane to Las Vegas. Ah. So it's way more fun. 
So what you're saying before we talk Vegas, what you're saying is you could smell the billowing clouds that were everywhere, <laughs> and you were, and everyone was forced into staying. That's very interesting. That is good. Observation. Yeah, I was under fire. Under fire. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lol. Anyway, what could you possibly have been doing in Vegas? Were you uh, making a few bets? Were you watching coincidence? Um, you, actually... you were there. Like, wait a minute. That strip. <laughs> that strip's yeah. the one being used. No way. <laughs> no way. I was in it. Reading, hoping there'd be a Reading Grand Prix announced, but there wasn't one. Um, <laughs> I think that's next week, I think. Um, yeah. Night race on a Friday, for some reason. <laughs> which, which strip do you have there? Uh, just the Thames. They're going to ice it over. And then Ooh. just they just race from Reading to London. First one there wins. And last place is uh, a big, smelly loser. That's the rule. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, I, I don't make this stuff up, guys. This is <laughs> from Stefano Domenicali himself. 51% fact. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> at, at least that. <laughs> yeah. oh, Maybe minus most 50 this time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to not yeah, talk no, I... for a second. Let Meadows actually talk about Vegas. That's, <laughs> that's a good idea. Well, it's just that, um, yeah, I uh, was getting word of what was going to happen. And then one of my new jobs was for Sirius XM over here. So with America being like a big focus for F1 and trying to grow the sport, uh, there was interest in me being here to report on it and do some interviews and things. So a, a plan was hatched and I booked some travel, um, but wasn't allowed to say anything. So when more reports started to leak a few days before or even stuff that was completely wrong, like there was the wrong track map came out and things like that. Um, and before it was reported which night it would be in and those details, I, I couldn't actually say anything about it. But um, I couldn't even tell you guys, really, could I? I only told Nate, what, a day or two ago that I was uh, out here. So I was sworn to secrecy to uh, not allow the event to leak. But yeah, it was just to come for the launch event, which was pretty damn cool, to be fair, because it's on the roof of the Cosmopolitan overlooking the strip where we will race. And I still, I'm going to paint a picture for the for the listeners. I'm looking at the replica Eiffel Tower right now at my hotel room window. So I can, I'm just off the strip kind of, but can see it from where I am. So I can see where cars will go. I can see like these iconic buildings and it is mad to think they're going to shut this down for an F1 race. It is genuinely, I just can't believe it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's I think gonna the, be the audacity so of cool. it is just insane. Like the audacity, I, I always assumed like New York race. Now I'm like, maybe they could do a New York race down Times Square or something. If they can shut down Vegas's strip for three days, then why not? Like if 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 the will is there from both sides, but it looks amazing. I can't I can't imagine it. We went to Vegas, Meadows and I, with with the other Lawrence. Um, that was back when you know, it was like a bad tribute tribute act to the pad hoc back then, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a a, a pre tribute band because we didn't know the pad hoc was a thing really. So it was like a premonition. A anyway, <laughs> a prequel, a pre a pre cute. Anyway, that's not what we're here for, is it, lads? <laughs> um, but I remember, like back then, you would just like the strip is packed full of people. So just how the logistics of how this is all going to work is going to be nuts. Um, we found out on Monday, ESPN was you know is, is just going ballistic for this. Obviously, it's the third race in America, obviously. But Vegas, I think it just has a hold on people in a different way to Austin, Miami, even New York and Chicago. Like it's just like such a such an iconic venue to race at. Just such an iconic venue. Full stop. When the Raiders moved there a few years ago, everyone was so excited about it, and I. As a British person, I didn't quite get it. I thought it's obviously a great place to play, but it's just another city, right? And then you see all of the imagery and the, you know, the iconic stuff that's in Vegas. And it's such a different place, I think, that to, to anywhere in the world. I, I described it in our group chat, didn't I? I said, Vegas is Monaco, but for ordinary people. It's like where you go to like make money. It's a bit zany. It's a bit weird. Whereas like Monaco is kind of, you know, 
it's like a, the upper echelons of society go there. But Vegas is like anything goes. And I, I think that just gives it this kind of appeal. And it kind of suits F1, I think. So, yeah, I think I think mega. I, I know people weren't that excited about the track. The, I was excited about the one that came out. The ones that were doing the rounds, people didn't seem to seem to like. So I was surprised people didn't like the one that did come out because it was way better than the stuff that you said, Meadows, that was leaked incorrectly. I thought it looked great. Like I, I think we've had Monaco for about, what, 70 years? And that's still there. So I think this will be way better. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pumped for it. I think it'll be one of the best races on the calendar. It might not be an entertaining spectacle, but it might be. <laughs> like with these new cars, it might just be better. Like the, the road, the strip looks pretty big. Right, that they're going to race down. So I think that there'll be you know chances to pass. So yeah, exciting. yeah. I think at that point it's going to be around twelve to fifteen meters wide. So it's going to be as wide as as it would be at most circuits. So I don't think it's going to be narrow at all. Even if they don't take out the central reservation down the strip, there'll be plenty of space to get alongside and and put a move into that turn eleven. I think it is at the end of the strip. So um, I think it's going to be mega. I don't think it matters really what kind of race it is just like when we go to singapore and monaco they're cool events aren't they they look great on telly they're cool to be part of that it's good good to be there i actually think the race is going to be pretty good um anyway i i think that agreed yeah same I, I appreciate that when you look at it on paper it might not look like that great and that might be why a lot of people on social aren't too happy with it but i think when we see the cars out on there i'd like to think they'll change their minds and it will be something pretty special well, to hit everyone with a bit of exclusive insight, I'm going to reveal that, Beretta, you've driven the track, haven't you? Yes, And you, I have. you drove it a while ago. Yeah, I, um, I drove it a fair few weeks ago now. Uh, so, Medland, you've had to keep it quiet for a few days, but I've had to keep it quiet for a long, long time. And when I got to drive it, I got to drive it in a 1961 Cadillac, uh, the biggest car by a mile that I've ever driven. And I had a police escort with me um, oh. as I was cruising around wow. uh, the streets of Las Vegas with one of your colleagues, um, Nate. Yeah, Nicole Briscoe, yeah. Nicole Briscoe. Um, so uh, the two of us just spent the best part of a day driving around um, Las Vegas. It was great. It was, it was. Uh, I felt like a movie star. I'm no movie star, but I felt like a movie star. So it was very cool. You're a movie star. Uh, although I will also bring up the fact that you knowing meant we sort of knew a bit only a bit i know a bit again a bit we're, we're breaking point. down we're breaking down the third wall or whatever it is fourth wall fifth wall how many walls because we did a <laughs> podcast episode where we recorded and you were in las vegas we never yeah, said we anything or were allowed to but you were you we did an episode didn't we and i, you had, I was you had in... to tell us that you were away because otherwise we you were trying to make us do it at some stupid o'clock like i'm <laughs> so yeah this is where we can also reveal about the episode to everyone because you know i know you guys wanted to reveal if you play it backwards lawrence the whole way through is going formula one will be racing in las vegas <laughs> from 2023 <laughs> in a night race down the street it's amazing i don't know how he managed to do it because what he was saying the normal way made loads of sense as well but it's incredible so you're playing backwards if you're playing backwards in this pod there's a secret message but I'll let you. I'll let you guys do that about Reading and, and you, the ice rink. Yeah, yeah, and you guys won't believe the exclusive. <laughs> what are they going to do with the Swans in Reading for the Reading Grand Prix? Play Lawrence backwards to find out. <laughs> You're like the Beatles, but better. Wow, that's wow. So I yeah. need to add that and to my Twitter profile. And there's four of them. There's one of you, so that's a big compliment. Huge, big compliment. It's. Uh, 
yeah, I, I'm I'm jealous of you of the ride you had, Bretto. I must admit that looked damn cool. There's some pictures on Bretto's Instagram if anyone wants to check those out, where you do look like a movie star and you've you've like done it properly. Whereas I'm, I've I've driven it too, but just in my rental car, and you can only drive part of it because parts of it aren't built yet. So turns your rental the car? last corner. I've got a BMW 4 Series. Got a little upgrade ah, for free. Nice though. That was nice. Yeah, very nice. Um, doesn't fit two suitcases so that was a bit awkward getting to the hotel but um yeah the um we did did a lap yesterday or a few laps yesterday and you can do essentially where the track will start where the pit and paddock complex will be and the first couple of corners and even the final corner which is like a fast left-hand kink that's all still to be built and that's at like the junction of uh two roads and then there's this big uh empty wasteland at the moment basically that was earmarked for development into a resort of some kind so someone obviously had ownership of it who've now allowed f1 to build the um part of the f1 track there so that bit will be constructed just for the race and then it joins at turn four which is kind of quite a fast right-hander like long nice open right-hander it's quite cool uh onto a back straight i think it's called coval lane or coval and that's a long run and then it goes down to a, a 90 degree right-hander so i drove along there lots of traffic lights lots of traffic yeah don't feel like an F1 driver, but still cool to see it because you can see the like strip from two blocks away. So you've got a cool different perspective on it and you're heading straight for the winning encore right in front of you. But then you turn right on a 90 degree right-hander, which at the moment takes you into a building site and you can drive into that a bit, but then you can't follow what again will be a bespoke piece of track, I believe, around the MSG sphere, which they're building, which looks really cool. If no one's Googled that, what that's going to be is going to be another like icon of the skyline here. And I can see it again right now from the, out the window and it's like it's half built they've nearly completed like the shape like the the lattice work to create the sphere it's huge and the track's going to bend around that like Sochi's turn three which looks really cool and then it joins I think it's called Sands Road or Lane or Avenue um, and that's going to be quite a sweeping right left that's nice and then a hard left onto the strip and then it's like nearly two kilometers just on the best part of the strip straight between all the resorts in front of the Bellagio Fountains um to turn 11 12 13 chicane where there's gonna be overtaking like you said Barreto. like it's awesome like it's just so cool like, and i'm 100 i'm gonna be here even if i've been like sacked from all my jobs which you know <laughs> could well happen by 2023 i'm just gonna make sure i have tried to make enough savings that i can come here for this race because like you said it's just gonna be an incredible event it's gonna be it's gonna be massive because Vegas is all about entertainment and hosting huge crowds of people coming for for a good time. Like it's that's all it does. It doesn't really certainly this section of it doesn't have like a business district to worry about or anything like that. It's just about getting masses of people in and having fun. And you put an F one race in the middle of that, it's just gonna like take it up another level. Uh, you won't have a problem finding a hotel room. I think there's one hundred fifty thousand hotel rooms in Vegas, mate. So don't worry, <laughs> Medland. Them. <laughs> without without just talking non-stop on this pod but last night as well then uh we got kicked off so i was doing loads of different bits did some radio did some filming for racer some writing uh and after the press conference they were trying to like break it all down and i was trying to work so they kicked us off the um off the balcony that was overlooking the strip where we'd been so i had to find somewhere to work it was all very loud uh, but we met uh jess and i met uh, a guy from the cosmopolitan hotel whose card i'm looking for right in front of me his name was Andrew. I can't find his card. Anyway, he's like the international marketing director. And he's a big F1 fan. He said he'll listen to this. So, Andrew, if you're listening, hello. Um, and he's a huge F1 fan, knew what Jess like does and her career path and, and knew what I do. So, he was really cool to chat to. And then he was saying about the different 
kind of rooms and balconies they have and stuff. So the Cosmopolitan Hotel is the only resort in Vegas with balconies because it was meant to be flats. Everywhere else isn't allowed them. But this building was already built and then it fell through. So it got converted into a hotel. So it's the only way it, that's how it ended up with balconies. And he was like, yeah, we've got some cool penthouses here, like with really good views where you're going to be, be able to see basically the whole track. He was like, let me show you. And he took us up to like the top floor and showed us all the penthouses, which are just unbelievable. But sadly, I did try and get us one. I said, look, we <laughs> want to record a special episode of the paddock over race weekend. You know, they'll definitely pay it back. Uh, and he, he thought about it, but he said, you know, what we do is actually give them away for free, which I was like, yeah, we can accept that. But then uh, that's only to the kind of people that spend about a million dollars in the casino, High value. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it turns out I'm rolling quite low. So <laughs> Could you tell him that I, I did put a 50p bet on the winner of the Saudi Grand Prix? And I did not make anything back from that. Um, oh. <laughs> <at the time. laughs> but, uh, you know, that could have gone that could have gone big for me. I could have up. I think I would have won two pounds 80. Had, um, a certain Spanish driver from an Italian team won the race. That's color signs. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, um, though, that's exactly what he would want to hear because you didn't take money from the uh, well, the betting company or whatever. You gave it to them, so that's that's yeah, what a casino wants to hear. Handed it to them. Yeah, exactly. On a plate. Um, yeah. I will. I will try again. If he's listening, that might have changed things. That fifty p might just have done it. Obviously, fifty p translates to roughly six million dollars, doesn't it? That's what we're saying. So, yeah, about um, that. And that's why that train just went past just Lawrence's window, <laughs> just to confirm that's the amount. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was unreal going up there and seeing them. They're huge, and they've got like pool tables in the middle of them, and like these amazing lounges and stuff. It's it, it's it's insane. They're amazing stuff. They've got like saunas in them, gyms like within these penthouses, but um. It, it was very cool to see, just to, just to get to see. Like that's that was a bit Monaco esque, you know. The 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 other just said like how the other half live. I was like the other half being the other half a percent of <laughs> like four people or whatever. It was insane money that must be involved, but um, that's something Vegas can do. Like you said, Nate, it caters to like I think every level of person essentially. Like you can you can come here on the relatively on the cheap. We'll see how much tickets cost for the race, but um, just becoming part of the event, like people can definitely do it, and there's. There's 40 million people over the border in California who haven't had a race on their doorstep for ages. So mm. I think it's going to be buzzing. Well, this is one thing that was quite interesting on Twitter was the amount of fans that are based like us in Europe who seem to be somehow offended by the fact that there's another race in the US. And I think that's a, that's a great point to make. Like US, the US is huge. California is a huge market. Vegas is a huge market. And um, I've keep, I keep seeing people tweeting like the viewership in America is not as big as Europe. And it's like, yeah. Exactly. So let's try and let's try and bring that up. Let's try and bring it up. It's a world championship. Like try and bring it up all over the place. So I think it's really encouraging for racing in North America. I, I can't wait to see what they do in terms of like Africa and you know, there's got to be a place they can race in a in a pretty cool destination there. Um, yeah, I mean, I know on, on the one hand, the calendar getting bigger is is frustrating from a working perspective because it's like, where does this finish? But if they're adding races like Vegas, then that's quite exciting for just from a spectacle point of view. Um, and yeah, I think every time, you know, I remember when Jeddah came on the circuit, everyone was like, oh, that looks rubbish. It's had two pretty entertaining races. You know, Abu Dhabi, it can be dramatic there. Obviously, Singapore had some dramatic races. So not every, if you go through the history of every F1 circuit, they will have a few duds and all, most of them will have a great race, bar Sochi. I don't think Sochi ever had. <laughs> well, and then again, actually, I say that, but Sochi last year did have a yeah, great Lando. race. Yeah, Lando's race. Yeah, yeah. So, so there you go. So that's so yeah. I've just, so I, yeah, exactly. I mean. So even that, it shows you that all it needs is a you know a few variables in there. 
So all these people just suddenly saying, it's going to be rubbish. Why have they gone back to an, another American place? It's like, well, because it might be amazing. So just give it a chance. Um, and yeah, I think what would be great about that, like Singapore, is the amount of people who don't have tickets who can watch from a hotel balcony as well, which I think will be will make it a really special. Obviously, those tickets will be pretty expensive. Sorry, those tickets, those rooms will be pretty expensive. But I imagine for for some people, that in itself is the experience of a lifetime. You're like, let's go and get this hotel. We'll spend three days here and we'll have drinks on the balcony and there'll be Formula One cars going around and we can watch the race on the TV while it's happening. You know, that that's insane. I always get jealous of people when they're at test matches and they're watching on the roof by Lords or the Oval and they've yeah. got like their radios. And it's like, that's just such a cool... They're experiencing it in both both ways, which must yeah which must must just be great. So obviously cheaper if you're doing it at Lords on the top of a mm-hmm. yeah, the roof of your apartment. But I think it's going to be great. So yeah, I think um, we sound like we're a big tourism board advert for Las Vegas, don't we? Um, That's how good it I is, am. though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like but having been there, I'm I'm so I, for it. I'm just going to let you guys know that I'm going to be quoting the Hangover the entire time <laughs> we're there next year, and whenever we get anywhere, I'll be like, "Well, that's how about that ride in." I guess that's if, why they call it Sin City, stuff like that. You know, if you don't end stuff. up with a tiger in your rim, Nate, by the end of the trip <laughs> in Vegas, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. What about a cougar? No, I won't say that. I'm going to say cougar. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I, actually, I would never do that. We did get a tweet, actually, on our on the Padhock Twitter account, at the Padhock, um, from Barry Peterson that just said, I'm looking forward to an on-location pod from Vegas. I'm sure it'll be totally coherent. Now, you know, this is pod number two with one person in vegas but when we get all three of us here i mean where do we where do we do it i think we we should ask listeners to kind of set us challenges do it, or something for that episode let's let's do it in the bellagio fountain <laughs> uh, oh yeah we'll just be in it and then if the police come that's that's great content so i did some filming outside the bellagio fountains trying to mimic uh like that ocean's 11 scene where they're all at the where they all stand up and watching the fountains and then all depart at the end and don't say anything for like two or three minutes so we could do it there we could just block off a little area just in that semicircle and set up and uh and do the podcast there with the music light show in the background it'd be great that'd be sick that would Deal. be awesome i'm in yeah or but- we could do it we could do it on the Cosmopolitan balcony where they did the launch because the view from there all the way down the strip is pretty sick. So we could do that. I did it when That's I was up there. Cool. I had a Negroni with me, so we should all have drinks with us. But, oh, um... there he is. <clears throat> Hello. Did yeah. get off of that yesterday. Got off. Of... Actually, we did get off of champagne. wasn't I wasn't uh, accepting it because I was working so much. Worked up till about half eleven and finally got some dinner. And we were sat having dinner in like a uh, downstairs in the Cosmopolitan and. Um, a load of people from F1 went into the bar opposite, so we joined them for the evening. It was good fun. I think, I think people are quite excited about it. Hmm. I think if people work in Formula One, not going to lie, as as people can probably tell with this podcast episode, I think they quite want to go to that race. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. really want. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in as well. Yeah, cool. And also, <laughs> here's another here's another thing that I think is quite nice from the perspective of somebody who's we've all been covering it for a while i think that the fact that i remember when the new york race was on and then it was off it was always like ah oh man there's never going to be f1's never going to be big enough and relevant enough to matter to a city like new york or to be big enough that a city like that says no you know what we will we will move all of these obstacles around just to have you race so the fact that vegas like vegas when you actually think about it like you said earlier man is like that's just packed full of people the fact that they're they're going to do something that's 
I assume wildly inconvenient for every single person there that yeah. doesn't know what Formula One is, is amazing. It's actually, it shows you just how big it is. And yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a really amazing sign of where things are right now. There was a tweet the other day, I don't know if you guys saw, but the Ringers NFL journalist said that there was a NFL owners meeting and afterwards they asked him and a few others, they're like, can you explain this Formula One thing to me? Because you know, my kids are into it and I don't really understand where it's come from. And that's like that's a different world to anything Formula One's been in before. And whether you like Americanization or not, the fact is it's made F1 bigger than it ever was under Bernie, ever really dreamed of being under Bernie. And I'm all for it. I know we I know two of us here work for American companies and one of us works for <laughs> F1. But, but I think that I think genuinely from a fan perspective, you know, we all grew up as fans. I think it's a great thing. Yeah, there was a spell when there wasn't a single race in America and it felt a bit wrong, didn't it? Like, you know, between 2007 and 2012, it was like, well, it's a bit strange that we just kind of race in Europe and a few other places around the world. And now there's three in America, which is nuts. Um, and five in North America. I mean, if you'd said that, if you'd said that in 2010, there'd be five races in North America in 12 years time that would have that would have been an insane possibility because i don't was canada on in 20, 2010 because it had a year or two yeah. it was off yeah it was on yeah. there wasn't it yeah but that was it that was the only race that was on there and now you've got all these other ones with mexico there as well so yeah just absolutely amazing yeah it's really exciting and yeah, all the three american races are in different time zones that's how far apart they are like how widely spread they yeah are. and this vegas one being 10 p.m start is on a saturday night which is cool in itself but it also means that if you're in Europe, you know, it's an early alarm, but it's not crazy. It's like six in the UK, seven in Central Europe to get up on a Sunday uh, to watch it. So it's still in the weekend. It means that Eastern time in the US is a 1am one. So maybe at the end of your night out, potentially. But yeah, that's a bit inconvenient. But it actually shows how much they want to just hit this market and get it right here. And like say, that's the best time to do it for Vegas and California and stuff. So um, I think that's pretty impressive. Shows like European fans have also had the easiest swing of things for so long, like waking up early. I, I actually quite like watching NFL because I have to stay up a bit later and it feels a bit special. Like if I really want to watch it, I'm like, right, Sunday night, I have to set some time aside for NFL. And sometimes I'm like, I can't watch it. I can't watch it because I'm doing something on Sunday. And it's like, all right, well, NFL, I'll catch the highlights. Like you are, you're, you're still able to watch highlights of something as well if you're unable to watch the race. So um yeah i don't i i completely agree with you i think the fact that it's so spread out is just it, it again highlights why they should have done it and why they had to do it um there's been a bit of things. unfair criticism i think of liberty as well in terms of um the the addition of extra races and then they're like yeah but what about the classics that are falling off and stuff it's like the so the last six races that have been confirmed this is off the top of my head but i'm pretty sure this is right last six races confirmed under liberty ownership it's been, it's been two in the Middle East. So you've had Saudi and Qatar that were uh, added. Then you've had two in the US, which was an emerging market that they said they really wanted to hit. You've had Miami mm -hmm. and Vegas that look like amazing events. And then you've had two classic venues in Imola and Zambort that have come yeah. on. And, and, have, and so Imola kind of almost lucked its way in in terms of taking advantage of COVID, but then created a business model that works. And Liberty are more than happy for that to be part of it too, because they need that balance of everything. So I think it's just a bit short-sighted just to kick off when it's another race in America, as some people are putting it, that obviously aren't in America and wanting to watch here too. And I saw a few complaints saying, oh, you know, it's, it's all about the money and not about the fans. It's like, well, it is a business. Like every sport's a business. Everything is yeah. a business. You can't just do something when you run a business because you think, well, that's the nicer thing to do. You still have to make the business successful. And this money then goes to the teams that lets them with a quicker car and, and go racing and like these fans are fans of those teams so the, their teams are benefiting and also as you said they're coming to an area with 
a a big fan base. You know, Austin was huge last year. Miami's already sold out this year. Both races are sold out. Vegas will absolutely sell out as well. So the fan base is already here. That's huge, and it's got the potential to grow even more. So it's actually doing it for the fans, just not you, as a global championship. You can't do everything for every fan all the time. Like wherever you live, yeah, wherever you're exactly. based, you can't keep everyone happy. That's just going to be the the byproduct of it. And there's hardly any comparable sports to kind of balance that against. So um, essentially, uh, you know, we're all really hyped, and Bretto hasn't had to say a word because Nate and I have just done all the uh, F1 PR for him. But uh, honestly, we haven't been paid to say any of this. We're just really excited about it, and everyone should come to Vegas, and we'll do a live pod with everyone gathered round buying us beers. Oh, all yeah. of Vegas. <laughs> I mean, having yeah. been to Vegas, you can't help but be excited, I think. So you're there right now, Meadows, and I, when we joined this podcast call, Medellin just had a smile on his face, and I remember being there and spending just, I was only there for three or four days, um, and just thinking every single minute of being there was just mental, like I just hadn't experienced anything like it, and so I can't imagine what it's going to be like when the Grand Prix is in town. There's going to be even more people in town. Everyone's just going to be happy to be there and experience this event and I just think that it's going to be if you're lucky enough to be there it's going to be great if you're watching on telly I think it's going to look great so I think it's I think everyone honestly is going to win and at least if you're in Europe you don't have to wake up at 3am to watch it like you can watch it over breakfast so at least it's slightly more palatable as well and if you said to me do you want to watch Monaco or Vegas if you said there's two races you can watch Monaco or Vegas I'm gonna be honest with you I'd watch the Vegas race even I haven't seen the circuit like I've seen Monaco and it's it's it is what it is, you know. It's entertaining. Qualifying is great in Monaco. Race is average. This race, I'm like, well, I want to watch this. This sounds amazing. So if you're if you're comparing it to other events, I think it's I think it stands out already for me as one of the best ones to go to or to watch. I hadn't thought of watching it over breakfast. That's quite fun, isn't it? Have a, what would you watch? What would you watch an F1 race over breakfast with? What would be your breakfast of choice? A mimosa. Just to, just to prepare people. A mimosa. Oh, hello. <laughs> and a spread of pastries. <laughs> They're paying you too much out of one. <laughs> breakfast. And a, and a Negroni again. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm worried about you, Bretta, when you get out here. I was worried about myself. We've got to do an episode next week before Australia, and I've got to fly to Australia on Sunday night. So once all the hard work is done by the end of tomorrow, I might go out in Vegas. You should. What we need, what we need for get... that part of the pod is a tiny violin sound. I'm <laughs> sure everyone... Is I'm thinking more, Meta will I be around fly for from... the final, for the next episode? Meta's saying, I've got to fly from Vegas to Australia. I might go out tonight. I might not. Tomorrow night. Tonight, I'm going to drive the track in the dark. Nice. Committed. I mean, remember to turn your lights on, though. Don't do it completely in the dark. That would be, that would be, that'd be <laughs> reckless. It would. Although it's, it's pretty well lit here. They don't really need the floodlights for the race. The neon lights will do the job. So... Um, yeah, going gonna do that. Still got some work to do today. Got to like actually work very hard these few days around the event because it, it's not cheap being here and doing that. So yeah, busy until probably Friday afternoon and then fingers crossed it'll be fun. So hopefully I'll still see your faces next week. But I don't know, we've all seen the hangover and we've all heard how Beretta would just get boozy watching an F1 race. <laughs> on a, he says it like he doesn't normally do it anyway. We've all seen him. Like even European rounds, he's just kicking back in the paddock with a mimosa. Like, and then a driver walks over and he's like, oh, fine. Puts his puts his champagne glass down, stands up, interviews them, sits down again with like a tut. Like they interrupt my drinking. So, um, yeah. I'm just Rage the alcoholic. pro, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> Right, chaps, it's been a pleasure as always. Meadows, don't lose all your money in the casinos tonight. Nate, enjoy the decorating. 
chaps. Would he? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's just like the tiny violin bit. Yeah, definitely hit home there where you're like, Medis, do this. Nate, enjoy the decorate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to bring Nate and back for that. I feel bad now. I feel like because he didn't, he hasn't that's what... got breath on yet. I'm going to bring him back something. I don't know what it's going to be, but Nate, there's a souvenir coming your way. Okay, nice. Okay, sweet. This I'm, I'm going to bring a violin reference into every episode now. Because I won't be in Australia either, so I can t- t- totally guilt trip you guys. But you're coming back for Imola, so let's just focus on I that. I am, yeah. Let's just focus yeah, on Imola, them And Miami. So what a, what a first two yeah. to do. Everyone's um, favourite new American race after Vegas. <laughs> of 2022. Yeah. <laughs> on the east coast of America. <laughs> that begins with them. Well, also, I can't yeah. wait for Miami. We're all going to start talking about Miami yeah, now, be, aren't we? Like, the awesome. build-up's going to be amazing. It's going to be one hell of an event. So, um, But yeah, anyway, I've tried to end this episode and I'm still talking, so I suppose I better make better stop <laughs> at some point. Uh, thanks to everyone who's listening. Please remember to hit the subscribe button and follow us on our social channels at the Padhock on Twitter. You can read Medis' work on Mesa.com, Nate's work on ESPN.com, and my work on F1.com. And we'll do this again very, very soon. Bye. Viva Las Vegas. Nice. Network.